Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Making Milestones podcast. My name is Shelby, as you probably know if you listened to this before, but if not, hello, how are you? Thank you for listening. Um, Anyways, today's podcast is probably going to be a shorter one, but in all honesty, I don't know because sometimes I end up going on such a tangent that I talk for way longer than I ever intended to. So I'll start off podcast being like, oh yeah, this one's going to be short. And then I talk for like a million hours and it's a total lie what I said at the beginning because I'm a new changed person by the end of it because these are just stream of consciousness podcasts, you know, like it's just however long I can blabber for, which is sometimes a long time, even if I start out not having the confidence that I'll see it through. But you know, you change and grow as time passes and sometimes for me that's like becoming a new very talkative person within the span of 10-15 minutes and going off on an incredible tangent about a number of different topics that may or may not be related. It is a skill I have learned from ADHD so thank you to Neurodivergency for lending me the ability to not be able to stop talking at random but also not wanting to start talking at random. Anyways, jokes aside, I wanted to talk about a very important topic um, and I'm going to talk about some horse industry stuff too, but like full disclosure, this first bit is like not really related to the horse industry at all. Uh, But anyways, the topic that I wanted to talk about is bodily autonomy and I wanted to talk about this because of all of the recent controversy and news about Roe versus Wade potentially being overturned in the U.S. And a lot of people, when I talk about U.S. specific topics and I've posted about like advocacy stuff that is pertaining to instances that have like events that have happened in the U.S., I'll inevitably get comments that are like, why do you, a a Canadian, care what's going on in the U.S.? Or they'll be like, why are you involving ourself, yourself in another country's politics? It has nothing to do with you and it doesn't affect you. Um, and I just wanted to point out the fact that the U.S. of A. is literally a world superpower that influences an awful lot worldwide. And Canada is just the little wee hat on top of that superpower. And if the U.S. really wanted to, they could literally just march across our border and take over this entire country because we do not have the army to fight them. And also we have the world's largest unprotected border. Anyways, that aside, like obviously that's not going to happen. I'm just talking for reference. The U.S. has a lot of power and it influences a lot of decisions that happen in Canada. And there are politicians and large groups of people in Canada that are pro-birth and do not believe in the right to abortion. So that is a problem here. And Decisions in the U.S. and attitudes in the U.S. have historically influenced attitudes in Canada and honestly worldwide, which makes sense because if people are viewing mindsets that they agree with but that haven't been welcomed in society or written into law in, or haven't been for a while, when they see other people advocating for that and it working, regardless of whether or not they are from that country, it is going to get them charged up and they're going to want to advocate harder for what they believe in because it shows them that it's possible. And sometimes this works in a positive way, but it, other times it works in a, in a negative way. And we saw this a lot with like how Donald Trump served as like a the, the face for like racism and bigotry in the U.S. largely because he did so many offensive things that have 
absolutely no regard for like how it impacts other people and just a whole lot of like narcissism selfishness and lack of care for society that he exemplifies in a lot of his actions and words anyways people like him that think that that behavior is fine and have been repeatedly told that it's not fine or called out for it on it they get charged up seeing someone in that position doing what they would like to get away with um, and we see this in politics too. So anyways, the potential for Roe versus Wade getting overturned, while it may not directly impact my rights because I'm a Canadian, it could in the future and it will impact a lot of mindsets and it can cause problems here as well. But that aside, the reason why I care is because I am a person with empathy and I cannot imagine being in a position where legally my government could force me to carry a pregnancy to term, even if I desperately did not want it, or even if it could potentially kill me. Um, that thought is terrifying, and it's one of the most disgustingly invasive ways that you can use someone's body, and I find it really disturbing uh, that it's even something that people view as reasonable to try to take away, as I mean, try to force and take away the right to choose if you want to carry a baby or not. And for anyone who has a uterus, it, I not only sympathize with their struggle or empathize with their struggles in life, with how they may be treated by society, but I also empathize with the fear of being forced into carrying a pregnancy because honestly, like I have a huge fear of pregnancy and birth and it grosses me out. And like the thought of being forced to do that, if it wasn't something that I desperately wanted, like it makes my skin crawl. Like I cannot, like I can't describe like the, it, 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 gives me a disgusting feeling in my stomach and if I spiral too hard thinking about it I can have like a panic attack like it's one of the reasons why I had to stop watching The Handmaid's Tale when I got too far into it because it really disturbed me and it honestly doesn't seem that far off base with what people are trying to police with women already and potentially succeeding in so it, it was really disturbing for me to watch and it put it made me feel so sick that I had to take lengthy breaks from watching it and then I eventually stopped watching it altogether but it is such a well-written story and it's like a good tv show that I do want to watch it again but it's too close to what people are already openly saying and believing in and it makes me really uncomfortable because honestly the only, like, relevant argument that I have heard against abortion is largely not relevant. That's the wrong word. The only main argument that I have heard people argue against abortion is rooted in religious beliefs or just personal beliefs of, like, how life after death works and how, like, the, when the, the conception of life actually is and when, like, a human being starts being a human being. It's largely just based on personal opinion or personal beliefs, but there's a huge religious aspect of it. And the fact that that's being used to enforce law or justify law is disturbing to me because, first of all, not everyone is religious. Secondly, not everyone who is religious is of the same religion. So having to abide by a specific religion's beliefs to the point where you are having your body actively invaded and putting yourself at risk of a whole lot of health issues or death in doing so, that is like... 
like there's no way to do that in a moral way in my opinion regardless of your beliefs and i'm going to get into this sooner because if anyone who is listening to this is anti-abortion i want you to hear me out because i understand feeling that way for yourself and having those views personally and not being comfortable with it you're perfectly entitled to that but you can, you're not entitled to saying what other people can do with their bodies so i hope that anyone who has differing beliefs from me will actually listen to this podcast and hear out why i have the thoughts that i do and perhaps get a different understanding because the other thing i want to say is that like i've never had an abortion but like if i got pregnant right now i would get one because i'm not ready to raise a child and it wouldn't be fair to me or a baby and i'm also not sure if i 100 even want kids like i definitely don't want them right now and how my life is with that said like obviously i am careful and i practice safe intercourse and i'm not going to go into more detail on that because it's not people's business but like i it's not like i'm irresponsible but i'm not in a position to financially emotionally or like physically handle that and it's not something that i want at this point so that's my decision and that's my business and also like i don't owe anyone a justification for why i decide something because like i don't know like it's it's just get having a baby carrying a baby to term and giving birth such an invasive thing and like the fact that a lot of the people that are making the decisions legally about this are men who are not at risk of ever having their body like I don't know what's the right word like almost like having basically a parasite in their body because if you don't want it that's what it can feel like they're never at risk of having to take on that emotional and physical toll they don't ever have to worry about it um because it's not something that they are at risk of having. So it's easy to say all these things um, when you're not in the demographic that's going to be directly impacted. Similarly, people with different beliefs, even if they are people with uteruses that can reproduce and have kids, if you're in a position where you are open to having kids and feel you could manage it, or you are so uncomfortable with the idea of having an abortion that it's just not something you can do, that's, you're, you're entitled to that and those are your personal beliefs, but that doesn't give you the right to dictate that to other people. Um, especially with such little knowledge of their lives. Like, it's just such an incredibly selfish and self-absorbed way of viewing things. If you think you know so much that you know that a baby would be better off if it's forced to be given birth to than it would be if someone had an abortion. Um, and I use the term baby lightly because at the time abortions occur, it's a, it's not a baby. Like, a baby is like a it's out of the uterus, it's alive, it's breathing, and self-sustaining. A fetus is not that. <clears throat> um, but anyways, so I wanted to talk about, sorry, I get off track and then I go on tangents, so I know that it's probably really confusing to listen to these podcasts because that's how my brain works, but trust me, if you if you buckle up and sit tight, like I will get to the point that I'm trying to get to. Um, and what that point is, I don't know yet. You're on the journey with me, so <laughs> just like I am myself. Um but yeah, so I think it's wrong for laws to police people's bodies in that way because I always think, I've thought about this a lot and I have a lot of opinions on it. First of all, people with uteruses are not like just a cell that can divide and suddenly create another human being without the intervention of another human being helping them create it, you know? You cannot get pregnant without semen in like impregnating one of your eggs you need so that means that you need someone who has that 
to give that to you. It takes two to tango and reproductive laws that take away rights from people with uteruses, it gives them less right to their body than other types of human beings that aren't born with a uterus. And that's not fair because you are given less, as soon as you're born, you have less ownership of your body than a literal fetus does if these type of laws are passed. Um, and you're just inherent, you have inherently less right to your body than other people, which isn't fair. And anyways, I was thinking about it. Since you cannot have a baby and reproduce without the help of someone that has semen to give to you to do that, what, like, how do you think the average man and, like, person on this planet would react if there was a law that was, like, reasonably being considered by higher levels of government that said that all men had to be getting a vasectomy or anyone with balls has to get a vasectomy until they can prove that they want to reproduce or that they're like a fit candidate or that they're responsible enough or that they decide to go and then have it reversed how do you think that would fly because i think we all know how that would go people would lose their shit and like men would be who argue against abortion would be showing their whole asses online arguing that it's like not fair to just control someone's body and that you can't you can't force someone to get an invasive procedure against their will or put their body at risk or potentially risk not being able to have kids in the future and that it's their right to decide what they do they would be arguing that until they're blue in the face and a lot of their arguments to defend against that law would be ones that they use to take away women and uterus having individuals their rights so it's hypocritical because they're well like these people are well aware of what bodily autonomy is because they demand it for themselves and when the roles are reversed if it impacted them and they felt like that they didn't have choice in the matter of something incredibly invasive happening to their body they would argue their right to have the choice to decide what to do with their body similarly a lot of the people who argue against abortion that i have seen online if you talk to them in detail on a, like in a conversation outside of abortion a lot of them are not organ donors and if you ask them if they'd be okay with someone just like grave robbing their family member and stealing organs or that or being forced to donate organs to people who need them because it would save lives they wouldn't be comfortable with that either even if you're talking about corpses who no longer need their organs and organs are going unused or being like cremated or rotting in the ground people would argue that that's unjust to remove life-saving organs from corpses to give to already functioning human beings who need them to live because they recognize that even as a corpse you deserve bodily autonomy so why is it that we'll defend a corpse's right to have organs that aren't going to go unused when they could help other people? We'll argue the right to that, but the same very people who think that they should have that right think that it's fair to force a woman or a uterus-having person to carry a whole-ass pregnancy through and give birth. And then they also think that it's a better solution to just, like, if their person can't raise a baby or can't afford to, that you can just adopt it out because, like, that's a solution. All these adoptive homes that are, like, healthy and able to take on all these extra babies that would inevitably be created if people actually succeeded in depriving women of access to abortion. Um they would they would have nowhere to go and these a lot of these people that i see arguing against abortion i ask them they don't have adopted kids 
they're all their own children. They they don't adopt. They don't. Most of them don't foster, and they don't intend to. But then they think they have the right to tell all human beings that could get pregnant what they need to do to handle that in a situation and like play off adoption like some easy solution that's better for the potential child all while not actually helping to like helping the problem that like the the helping provide homes for adopted adoptive children um that they're advocating for the creation of so if you won't adopt I think, like, not that in any case you don't deserve the right to tell someone else what they can, what they should do with their body when it, like, directly impacts their overall health and, like, mental, physical health, everything. You don't have the right to tell anyone that, but, but you have less of a right to do that when you're not even actively trying to solve the the problem of like children needing families and homes by adopting them like if you're not even contributing to the solution for a problem that you're advocating for the existence of you don't deserve the right to try to say like oh yeah you can just like you can just adopt you can just adopt out this baby we're going to force you to have if you're not equipped to care for it but first you have to carry it to term and give birth to it but then after that you can just adopt it out yeah just adopt like, if you're not actively contributing to the solution, providing homes for adopted children and, like, promoting social programs to prevent, like, unwanted pregnancy and homelessness and provide people with access to, like, like medical care, dental care, and just, like, the general ability to have basic human rights and exist as a human being safely in a healthy manner, if you're not actively contributing to that or promoting that in society you're not actually about pro-life because you're not caring about anyone's life or quality of it once they are born you're just pro the existence of a potential baby that's all you are but 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 then when the baby is born that's when the caring stops because like it I there's so many people that I've argued with about this because this is like a hill that I will literally die on I'm never going to move on this on my stance on this because at its core it's just someone's basic right to their body and being able to have the autonomy of that body and have more rights to than a bundle of cells and also I don't think that babies should be viewed as like a punishment for having sex because like sex isn't only about procreation just because some people believe it is if you if you believe that go for it pop out as many babies as you want and only do it for that but like no one else cares about what you have to say because they are not sleeping with you and they wouldn't want to if they knew that those were your beliefs because we'd be like what the fuck gross I don't want that anyways so it's you're entitled to having your beliefs and rights in a relationship and what you would do if you get pregnant, but you cannot project those onto other people, especially when you do not contribute to bettering society in a way that would render all of these issues unproblematic. Like, the only way to actually be pro-life is to be pro-quality of life and pro all of the things that contribute to healthy families and people's ability to manage and afford children. And a lot of those things are directly impacted by these type of people's other beliefs of like how 
the government should be run and how people should be paid and work and like what access to resources people should have. Like they directly defy their very belief of being pro-life with every other action that they do. And that's why this frustrates me so much because these people are totally happy to like deprive homeless people of shelter despite the fact that there's more than enough empty houses to house them and the money could be there to set up better social resources if they tried. Um, and also just ending the stigma in general and like the, the things that lead to homelessness. They don't care about that stuff. They, they, they will, like, I've literally seen a lot of people with anti-abortion views. Well, they'll literally be like, oh, well, like, I don't want to pay taxes for someone else to live in a house or have access to food or get medical care. And it's like, okay, so you're so selfish that you'd literally rather see people shivering on the street with no roof over their head or dying of preventable ailments than pay part of your taxes towards that. You're really so selfish that you'll do that, but you're trying to tell people that you're life like give me a freaking break man like I don't even like the the all like I I failed to see a logical argument for taking away bodily autonomy from uterus having people that isn't just rooted in like I think that I am entitled to controlling and enforcing my personal beliefs on other people just because I really deeply believe them um because there's so many ways to poke holes in these people's argument of like how pro-life they are because they openly share a lot of their other political views and like societal views and moral views that directly conflict with what they are saying of being pro-life. Because, for example, a lot of people who would be most impacted by lack of access to abortion are low income individuals and they would if they had access to free contraceptives and like medical care and like housing and access to jobs and like things that they need to be able to live and provide for themselves and deal with any underlying mental health conditions or disabilities and so on and so forth like having access to all the things that they need to be able to easily exist in society um, and be included in it they would be less likely to have unwanted pregnancies and have the contributing factors that lead to like the need for an abortion. And on top of that, if they had that support, if they did get pregnant, it would be a lot easier to decide whether or not you want to keep that if you have all the resources you need to medically pay for all the bills to have a, a child and also like housing and time off work and all of that stuff if you had access to doing that a lot more people would be likely to keep pregnancies even if they weren't planned but the lack of access to that especially when we're talking about a country where they don't have universal health care and you could have to pay to go to the hospital to have a baby it is complete nonsense to think that it makes any fucking sense to police something like that under the guise of it being pro-life because you're anti-life in so many other ways like you're not pro-life if you think people should have to be able to afford their medical bills in order to deserve medical care and treatment or that people should be able to have had like work hard enough or have access to a job or access to the circumstances to lead them to being able to afford like the rising costs or like living in certain areas and so on and so forth that people should just work hard enough to overcome like barriers that have been placed in front of them since birth due to how they were raised or like lack of support and so on and so forth like you're not pro-life if you're just like oh yeah screw all these people like I don't care about them I don't want to pay that for my taxes like if you think that people should need to be able to afford the cost of living like just to exist as a person and deserve to 
be fed and clothed and housed and not feel like shit about yourself if you believe that you need to be able to afford that you're not pro-life because again you don't care about quality of life like being pro-life should be okay let's address the factors that lead to a lot of like mental illness and depression and health issues and suicides let's let's address all of these factors that are causing people grief and making their lives so unbearable that they are unable to enjoy the day by day or don't want to be in this world anymore. Like being pro-life is addressing all of that. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to protect the fetuses and just that. And then I'm just going to fuck off and be selfish literally every other waking second of my life, not caring about all of these ways that people are actively suffering in much more gruesome and traumatic ways than you'd ever see at any like Planned Parenthood clinic or abortion clinic. Like, we like you're you're talking about a being that isn't even sentient and isn't developed that is be that that is existing with a uterus having individual as the host deserving more rights than entire humans who have existed in this world and have thoughts and beliefs and emotions and cognition and the ability to exist without being implanted in a host if you care more about the non-sentient bundle of cells that just has the potential to be a life than you do of already existing life, you are not pro-life. And you really need to evaluate your mindset because it should just be called what it is if, if that's not something that's in, in the value system. It's pro-birth unless you're for all of these other aspects that are for, like, improving life. Um and this isn't to say that everyone has to, like, exist perfectly because we do live in, like, an immoral society and it's, like, really hard to exist in an ethical way in a lot of avenues online. Like, even just having a cell phone, technically your cell phone could have been made in an unethical way, you know? Like, it's hard to exist in this society. But the easiest way you can do that is by not removing bodily autonomy from an entire faction of people while we're willing to argue the right to bodily autonomy in so many other ways. Like, do you want to know? How many anti-abortion people I saw over the course of the pandemic complain about masks and their right to bodily autonomy and choice and their rights of, and freedoms and stuff until they're blue in the face. Like, they never shut up about it. It was constant and it was annoying. And it's like, holy shit, Helen, you're going into save on for 15 minutes. Is it really that big of a deal to wear a cloth over your nose and mouth? They'd argue that until they're blue in the face. But then they're like, oh, yeah, like... Just because someone chose to have sex, they should have to carry this creature for nine months and then, like, putting themselves at risk the entire time and then give birth to it. And also, that's best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, you could be having a pregnancy that's not viable or that could kill you and be forced to have to carry it or getting blamed if you miscarry even if you wanted the pregnancy and have people say that it was intentional you know like where do you draw the line the other weird thing is like the idea the amount of people i've seen support the death penalty when they say they're pro-life like uh, there's literally people i've seen arguing for death penalty for people who cho choose to get abortions if they're made illegal for the people like for the uterus having people who get an abortion they'll argue the death penalty as punishment all while saying that they're pro-life like 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 you know if you're gonna be an asshole at least be honest and upfront about it and what you're doing you know like 
you know that it's not about being pro-life like deep down these people have got to know especially if you're like I believe in the death penalty because it's like that is the most hypocritical and ironic thing that you could possibly say while you're trying to say that you're a pro-life person like just just own it it's about policing people and taking away rights and forcing people to give birth because you're a miserable person and feeling the feeling like you can control other people gives you some semblance of control in your life or something I don't know man just be honest it's not about being pro-life because life is a lot more than nine fucking months or like eight weeks or 20 weeks or whenever the vast like like you know life is more than an entire pregnancy life is more than the first few weeks before people usually would get an abortion life is like an entire experience And if you're actually pro-life, you need to value the people who are living that experience currently and their well-being and you need to value their right to live. Um, And this includes like, like I've spoken about this in other podcasts, like with mental health and like addiction and stuff. A lot of people view like homeless people and addicts to be like a second class citizen like or not even a citizen. They, They treat them like they're inhuman. They they blame them for their situation and mock people who have these like traumas and mental health issues that cause them to fall through the cracks and lose the ability to work or have a home they'll mock these people blame them for their situation and then try to say that they're pro-life while a lot of these people came from like broken households and traumatic backgrounds that led them to the circumstances they're in but then people outside of those circumstances will judge people once they're older and not cute or not even cute like literally once they stop being a fetus they're just like oh yeah these people caused their situation I don't feel sorry for them and the amount of dehumanization I've seen towards like people who are poor and people who are homeless or people who are disabled or people who suffer from mental illness like they they get treated like they don't matter and like people aren't even willing to minorly inconvenience themselves if that to make others lives better and more equal and easier and a lot of those same selfish people are the ones that are trying to take away uterus having people's right to bodily autonomy and access to abortion rights um it's illogical it's nonsensical there's there's like the argument is like the easiest one to poke holes in it all it stems from just people's belief that they have the right to other people's bodies um and the fact that so many people will even argue this even in the event of sexual assault and stuff is so fucked up because they don't care about anyone's life like they don't care about protecting people and their well-being if they're willing to impose the amount of trauma that a forced pregnancy would be and additionally like something else that i read online is like that was a good point so this isn't my own I can't remember where I read it though but it was someone that was saying that like if you only support abortion rights in the event of a sexual assault you're saying that for about in order to have rights to bodily autonomy first the body has to be violated and that's a really good take because a lot of people will be like, oh, like, I'm only anti-abortion if it's, like, not for a good reason, because then you're trying to argue when, like, where do you draw the line? Like, you think you deserve insight on, like, what what someone's deciding factor is for an incredibly personal decision. Um, and in addition, you're just reinforcing that, like, 
a lot of people with uteruses have no right to their bodies and the only time that they can get that right is if they were violated in the first place which is so fucked up so anyways like Yeah, anyways, it frustrates me because I don't think that there's ever a fair and reasonable argument in defense of, like, these people's beliefs, and anyways, like, it's, like, even where they think they might have a relevant argument, it's, like, it's your belief that you are more qualified to decide when someone can or cannot safely carry and slash or raise an entire ass child, you think that you're more qualified to make that call and define what would be good quality of life for the resulting human being than the person who would be caring for and taking like caring for for at least nine months until the the birth of the person you as a stranger are pretending you have more insight on whether or not that's going to be a good decision and whether or not that's going to be pro-life for the resulting human being than the person who is actually going to see that entire act through because like being pregnant I've never been pregnant but like having seen other people go through it it's not a freaking cakewalk and there's a whole lot of health risks for pregnancy and birth the only person who can decide if they're ready for that is the person who is intending to be pregnant um and the ability to do so is really important for mental health for both like the person who may be pregnant and potentially the resulting human being from that pregnancy um because well like for your well-being like the amount of resentment that i would imagine if people were actually forced to carry pregnancies to term that they really didn't want and they had to deal with the trauma of carrying that person inside of them and then giving birth and then potentially raising a kid if they couldn't adopted out or didn't want to um having to do that when you didn't want to can result in someone being resentful towards the resulting child even if it's obviously not the child's fault because they didn't get to choose to exist either like neither individual consented to the birth of that resulting child including the child themselves and it could result in parents being resentful towards the person resulting from the pregnancy. And also it puts way more responsibility on people with uteruses than it does those who impregnate them because they have to carry to like at the bare minimum, they have to carry a baby to term. And that is way more impact like physically and mentally by far than what would be on the other half of that relationship. Um, and like, this isn't to say that like the men involved or like the people involved in these pregnancies that aren't going to be the ones carrying the babies, that they can't be really passionate about what they prefer the desired outcome to be. But here's my opinion on like why I don't think that like men and anyone who could potentially impregnate a uterus having person, why I don't think that they have the right to say whether or not someone should have access to abortion because in my opinion it's really easy for them if that is their belief system it's very easy to just select the people you sleep with in accordance with that so like if you don't want to be a participant in an abortion then you need to make sure everyone that you sleep with is on the same page as you and at the bare minimum you need to make sure that you're extra fucking safe if you're not going to check but also if you do that then the consequence for not checking and not making sure you're on the same page is potentially having something you don't want to have happen happen 
And like that is your right and your autonomy as a person who's not ever going to have to worry about carrying a pregnancy. You have the right to choose who you sleep with selectively and make sure that they they uphold the same views as you and have that conversation and say like, look, this is what I believe and this is where my comfort zone is and this is what I would want to do if I ever had an accidental pregnancy Um, and make sure that everyone's on the same page as you. But then also you need to realize that there still is the risk of potentially having someone change their mind even if they told you something different initially and that would still be their right as well and in that case my other argument would be is if you really don't want the risk of potentially being involved in a pregnancy that um is like a pregnancy and then an abortion is get a vasectomy or just don't have sex like people will tell women to just close their legs until they're blue in the fucking face but then no one's saying the same to the people who get these women pregnant or the people who are sleeping with tons of tons of different women and just treating them like they're discardable while shaming slut shaming women for sleeping with lots of guys um or even not if they have not lots like anytime someone gets pregnant when it's unwanted or if they're young they will get blamed and they will get perceived differently and they will get slut shamed way more than any man ever would because the guys who get them pregnant are never talked about like they're never perceived in the same way they're never blamed despite the fact that it could it wouldn't be possible to have a pregnancy without their involvement um so Not only is this like an argument against basic bodily autonomy when people are anti-abortion, it is also, um, it's also like anti-woman and anti-uterus having person because you're saying that they don't deserve the same rights and that they're less deserving of ownership of their bodies than other human beings on this planet. And it's also holding an entire demographic of like men and like penis having individuals it's, it's holding them completely unaccountable for their actions and allowing them like an easy target just to pawn off the blame onto um, and hold resentment towards. And it's not fair. Like I see so many men online talking to women in disparaging ways. And just like when women have pro-abortion stances, they'll just be like, oh, just close your legs. I had people do it on my own post. They're like, and even women themselves would comment and be like, oh, well, they could just close their legs if they don't want to get an abortion. But if you get pregnant, like that's that, like, that's not like, you can't just like get out of it. Like you have to see it through. Like it was your choice to have sex. And like, even women will argue that. And it's such an anti-women stance because it's like, Dude, like, did you miss sex ed? And unfortunately, yes, lots of these people did, which is part of the problem with um, this whole debate, because a lot of these same people who are the most anti-abortion are the ones that also don't think their children should be taught sex ed. So unfortunately, a lot of these people don't actually understand how sex works. But I'll explain it to you. You can't get pregnant without some participant giving you the cocktail to get pregnant, if you know what I'm saying. So it requires two to tango, as I said earlier. Um, And whether or not people are being taught that in school, it's your job to do your due diligence and realize how things work so that you're not disproportionately blaming an entire demographic of people and expecting them to just sit down and take it and consistently get held to a higher standard and have less rights than such a huge portion of the world like it's so stupid it's like this is 2022 why are we still upholding views like this and like condoning it and trying to like make it law like come on 
the other thing, like, this is unrelated to just the abortion thing, but a lot of these people who hold this mindset, they call everyone else snowflakes, and it's like, you're calling everyone else snowflakes when, like, you are so sensitive and like controlling and weird that you're involving yourself in the personal business of like literally every stranger on the planet and trying to say what they can and can't do with their body like with their relationships with their gender identity with their sexuality and so on and so forth like those people call us snowflakes and it's like you're literally the biggest snowflake ever because you're so sensitive and weird that you can't handle other people existing differently than you without having a conniption um so yeah anyone who has views like that it's like even if you don't understand someone's reasoning for something if it only impacts them and it doesn't you and if it makes them happy and if it's uh, the best choice for them like just mind your own business you don't have to surround yourself with people who have views that you don't like but you also don't have to control them and take away their rights like you don't have the right to taking away other people's rights just because you don't understand or don't believe in things that they do like you know like you probably like certain foods that other people don't like that doesn't mean you're less deserving of rights than the people who um do like them you know people have different preferences and different lives and different problems and different factors to consider in life and they are the only ones who can make highly personal decisions for themselves and by like by arguing for taking away bodily autonomy and basic human rights from huge portions of people we're upholding a lot of problems that impact like everyone like a lot of the most anti-feminist takes will impact men like think about like the entire the the fact that we've made like being emotional or being a woman and being honest and feeling things and like being sensitive into something to be ashamed of and even just the fact that like oh like you did that like a girl or you're such a girl or you're such a lady and stuff like or a pussy like all of these insults that are just indirectly insulting women and portraying femininity as something terrible it impacts men because it makes them less able to have emotions and have different types of preferences and dress certain ways and do things that aren't traditionally masculine in peace without people being weird about it or judging them or being nasty like it contributes to a lot of things that do also impact men and like male presenting people um and like we all end up losing out so I don't know like I wanted to talk about that because it's just like an issue that it's like why are we doing this again like come on guys like just make the decision that is best for yourself and then mind your own fucking business about basic stuff like this that is just like bodily autonomy because like it's so naive to think that you've seen and been through everything that you can understand exactly what it takes to raise a child in any situation, especially if you're someone who believes that, like, child, like that you need to carry a fetus to term if you ever get pregnant, because clearly you're comfortable with the idea of being pregnant and wanting kids then. Um, so you're not really qualified to judge what other people do. It is just so, like, narcissistic to impose that on everyone else and unnecessary like especially when this world is so broken and has so many problems 
as is in society. Like, we're not doing a good job of taking care of the human beings that are already here. So let's not add to it, especially while not providing, like, living wages and social programs to help all of the very, very many prominent societal problems and systemic issues that we have going on currently. Um, Like, I, for one, if we can't even house, like, our homeless population and deal with the mental health crisis and the opiate crisis and stuff it's like why are we bringing more people like why are we arguing to bring more people into this fucking shit show that is failing so many people you know so yeah this is if, if you have different views than this like than me on this it is honestly not worth arguing with me about because I will not change my mind It is none of my business to try and control what other people do with their bodies. And personally, for me, I think if anything, if we were going to remove the right to bodily autonomy, my opinion would be that people should have to opt out of being an organ donor rather than opting in, because then we'd have more organs available for people who need them when people unfortunately pass away. Um, So that's my hot take. I think that would be a much more reasonable direction to go if we're going to remove bodily autonomy rights but that's literally the only direction that I think would be somewhat plausible because you're still not removing autonomy. You could opt out. Um, And even then, that's such a hot take that I've had people be like, you what? You said what? Like, but that is much more reasonable. We're not going to force people to do things they don't want and argue that it's reasonable. And if your religion is the reason why, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Shut the fuck up. Not everyone's religious. You may think that they should be and you may believe that, but, like, if you're not open-minded enough to respect other religions and the fact that some people aren't religious, you can't expect them to be so open-minded that they abide by your personal beliefs um, when you're being closed-minded and trying to enforce that on other people. Um, And... Yeah, it's just not a relevant argument because there's supposed to be a separation of church and state as well. So I don't know. I'm not personally religious and I don't want to have to follow rules based off of beliefs that I don't have. Like, I think we need to look at laws in a much more objective manner so it's like fair to everyone and not as like nuanced and like belief based. Like it should be fact based and like tangible evidence based and um, just like based on what is actually best for bettering society and like how people are cared for and how they treat each other and how they are treated and how the government takes care of us and how people are paid and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so this has been a tangent and a half. If you can't tell, I haven't really taken, like, my, my ADHD medication wore off, so, like, I can't even remember the direction that I was heading in um, with most of this, but that's kind of where I stand on this whole um, Roe versus Wade overturnal thing. If you can't tell by like what I've been posting on my social media and like the memes I've been sharing, that's where I stand. And like I respect people's right to what they are comfortable with for themselves. You're entitled to that, but you have to remember that like the line should be drawn that it's not your place to impose those personal beliefs and that personal choice onto other people because it would be just as invasive if people tried to force you to get an abortion when you did not want to like can you imagine that invasion of your autonomy and your human rights being enforced on you when it's when you're it's something that you've decided you want to do so try to 
feel that discomfort that that would make you feel and that terror and that sadness and consider that that's how you're making other people feel with like the laws that you advocate for um and the beliefs that you put out into society because like I respect people's right to not be comfortable with this topic and to not have it be something that they'd want for themselves but like we draw the line where it's like you're trying to force other people to hold these same views when they shouldn't have to like everyone is different and when you don't spend a lot of time considering other people's struggles which if you are pro-birth you definitely don't spend a lot of time considering other people's struggles otherwise you couldn't advocate for banning abortion but when you don't do that it's really easy to oversimplify things and just view things through your very very narrow-minded lens and be like oh well like if you just work hard enough you can make this happen and like people complain too much like blah 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 and it's like no some people are dealing with way more shit than you could possibly imagine and you should not judge them from a place of privilege um so that's why we need to leave people to make super personal decisions for themselves and we need to set up our society in a way where people are empowered and helped um, to get the support that they need and to be healthy both physically and mentally and to be able to exist happily in society and without as much stress and then I think a lot of these problems are going to solve themselves and people won't need to worry as much because people will actually be happy and able to take care of themselves and we won't have so many people suffering because right now, like, the best, the most pro-life things you could be doing are trying to advocate for the people that are already here existing in this moment that have been born and are able to exist on this planet without the host of a uterus-having person's body. The most pro-life you can do, thing you can do is help them because they are all actively suffering already. Um, and they don't have enough support and people are suffering on an immense basis on a daily basis everywhere. So if you're pro-life, please start with that, man. Or yeah, dude, dude, y'all person, however you identify, um, just do that. And yeah, so that's my tangent for the day. I said I was going to talk about some horse stuff, but I'm not really going to because... Yeah, I'll, the only horse thing I'll say is that a lot of people that advocate for horse autonomy and kindness to horses and giving horses the ability to choice, there are still some anti-choice for uterus having people in that demographic. And it's like, you give your horse more rights than you're arguing for like actual living, breathing human beings. Um, so consider that because autonomy matters for everyone, you know, like it is a pretty important thing for good welfare. And we know this. Um, and we also know that, like, denying the right to abortion doesn't really lower the rate of abortions that occur. It just lowers the safety of it for those getting them. So it's not even solving the problem that's the issue. I think it would be way more useful to address the, like, knowledge gap in a lot of areas for people with, for people in sex ed. Like, children grow up not actually knowing how things work, and then they inevitably can't really prevent these things from happening. So... Start there, man, or woman, or they, or them, or person, sorry. Like, I say man a lot, and it's not to be, like, ex exclusive. It's just because it's a habit, and, yeah, I view it as gender neutral when I use it in that sense, but I understand why people don't like it. Anyways, yeah, Any it, it is so easy to mind your own business and not try to 
be involved in things that do not impact anyone but the people involved. Um, also, a lot of, like, I, I, last thing, a lot of the anti-abortion people I've seen commenting on my stuff will tell me to shut up and mind my own business when I'm responding to horse abuse videos, but then they don't mind their own business when they're trying to say what someone else can do with their own body, um, which is another form of hypocrisy, as I so mentioned throughout multiple times in this podcast. Because uh, they view it as a problem to hold people accountable for inflicting violence on other creatures that are existing um, and actively feeling and being sentient and living on this earth and planet. They view it as not okay to criticize that, despite the fact that another being is being deliberately impacted in a negative way. Um, meanwhile, they think that they have the right to... Uh, impact a living breathing person with a uterus in a very terrible way by what they advocate for in the law um which is interesting because the only one who is involved in that decision is the person whose body would be carrying that fetus and your belief of when consent like when life starts doesn't change the realities behind it and yeah like there's so many other more pressing issues in this world that are impacting people who can feel it to a much deeper degree than the fetuses that are trying to be protected by these rules. So let's get started on those and then we can touch base once all of that is dealt with and we've stopped suffering for living, breathing people on this planet. Um, and then, yeah, we can touch base whenever the fuck that happens, which there is no end in sight for all the terrible stuff that has been going on and all the people that are suffering because of some of the things that we normalize and enable in society. So who knows when that'll be. But until then, let's not talk about this ever again, other than to argue about why people should not be platforming these laws or the removal of such laws and liberties for people um anywho i'm going to go do horse things outside in the sun because uh, it's still nice out and yeah i'm just gonna go do my thing and not do this anymore because it just it heat it it fires me up man um the last thing i'm gonna say before i say goodbye is just that yeah if anyone didn't see my post on instagram i got some pretty disappointing news about milo and his soundness he was coming back into work after um rehabbing uh like his feet he was having a lot of hoof issues but he was doing really well and he does have a locking stifle which i'm sure people have heard me mention like a bunch of times um it was an issue when he was younger it hasn't actually locked but it does get hitchy when he's out of work um and he needs time to strengthen it in order to have it like return to regular fitness and this time around he just wasn't coming back normally and then he got really sore after time off and was, was like really really sore so we were looking further into it with diagnostics and he's already had like a lot of diagnostics over the years because when these problems started it was initially he got like a massive bout of ulcers and it was after like a really stressful terrible trail ride the videos on my youtube um from like uh halloween 2020 and anyways after that like he stopped wanting to go forward under saddle and he was really uncomfy with having his like like being brushed and just like really didn't want to go forward and I knew he had ulcers because this trail ride stressed him out so much so I got him scoped for ulcers and we started treating him on that and then we did like a lameness exam after and his stifle was like off but he wasn't as off as he is now 
Um, and then we did the, a pro stride injection at that point and then rehabbed him back. And then he had like a lot of the summer off out in the field and was like looking great and was doing really well. And his hooves were getting a lot better, um, and lots of improvement. And I just didn't really have time to work him, which is why we kicked him out on the grass all the time. Cause he needs to be moving around cause of the stifle. Um, and then like this winter, like I had him going a bit over the, like the summer slash fall. And then we got the really wet winter. So he was off again and not really doing anything. And then now we're in the, like into this year and, um, he was starting to come back into work and I was doing just like mostly groundwork and lunging cause he's overweight and I would need him to lose weight. And like his stifle wasn't looking a hundred percent, but like we've, we'd had the vet involved and like he'd been, had a lameness exam and we'd like blocked him and everything. And he's had like a ton of different diagnostics. So they said to just like continue doing the, uh, stifle rehab for like what we would typically do with his locking stifle. And then like we would reassess, um, if it didn't get any better or if it got worse. So that's kind of where we were at this past week where he did like a reassessment and like honestly at this point like before this reassessment like he's had like his all of his feet x-rayed he got like scoped for the ulcers he's had his entire back x-rayed he's had both hawks x-rayed he's been like nerve blocked to like know exactly where like the discomfort is when it is present so like we, he's done all of that. He's had his, his stifles ultrasounded, like all sorts of stuff. So this time around it was like a recheck. And, um, so we did like a full lameness exam and then we x-rayed his feet because we we're doing it to compare, um, to pr prior x-rays and his soles are way thicker, which is great. So he's doing much better with that. Um, and there were some changes to like the angles on his hooves that we still need to make. And, um, all that stuff but like it's not anything like super severe and we're on the right track for that and like his hoof x-rays show no signs of like any issues in the hooves other than the fact that like his feet are still a bit flat um especially like the hinds and which we already knew because you can tell by looking at them and it's something that we're working on so anyways like part of that is also genetic because it's just how his feet have always been so like we're working kind of against his body wanting to be a certain way plus like bad farriery in the past so like the hoof x-rays didn't show anything um and then like the stifle we x-rayed and like the stifle we've x-rayed like a bunch of times and it's like clean 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 and the ultrasounds too in the past have been clean 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 so this time we like x-rayed it nothing and then we ultrasounded it and then we ultrasounded his left stifle to compare the right one to the left one um and the right one had like significantly more fluid around the meniscus but like there was no signs of tear or anything and the problem with the stifle is that you can't image the entire stifle like externally. So the other options for diagnosis would other, either be like an arthroscopy or like maybe an MRI. Like we'd have to, we're, we're right now like trying to find out which is the most cost effective and the best choice from the standpoint of like diagnosing what the problem is and being able to treat it. Um, so I'm waiting to hear back from a surgeon on that opinion. Um, but anyways, like we can't go any further and like all of the diagnostics we've been able to do thus far haven't like given us any clear answer, which is really, really frustrating because like now, especially on a stifle, like he's really uncomfortable. And then his right front hoof, he still has sensitivity, which from the x-rays he really should not have. Like there's no, like he, he's had all around hoof x-rays like multiple times on that foot. The angles are better and like he has way better um, like angles to the pastern and pastern connection, like 
it's way more correct. There's still some changes that need to be made for sure. And like the toe still needs to be taken back shorter, but like with how his sole has developed and how his feet are, he shouldn't be as sensitive in the foot as he is. And he's still been getting like stone bruising too. Um, and then also like I did have him in hoof boots, but then his hoof boots rubbed him. So now like we're going to try hoof armor and then he might have to get like glue on shoes or, um, do clothes again temporarily because, we're going to have to wedge that stifle leg probably to help bring like the hoof up and change the angle of and help him out with that too. Cause the hooves definitely don't, um, help with like the injury, whatever it is, the soreness itself, the angle of his hoof in the hind could be better. So we're going to see what we can do with fairy to kind of help that out. But anyways, it's been really frustrating because like we have done so many diagnostics and he's had like so many lameness exams over the years because it doesn't really take much for me to start kind of worrying about him when he starts behaving out of the ordinary and like this time around like with the rehab and stuff too there was things that I noticed that like even when he was looking like decent um he would kind of stand with like his right hind leg turned in a little bit and it was weird because he didn't used to stand like that and he also wasn't wanting to like turn on tight turns as easily on that leg um and very occasionally he would trip on it but then like he wasn't initially even like coming up lame when in the jogs and stuff or on the lunge line when we were first rehabbing him back with that like there like he was fine and like cleared to go back to work initially um like prior to this year and yeah nothing there and then now yeah now so he has like some like effusion on the stifle that you can like see now which you couldn't see before so I don't know if he like slipped and fell or did something to irritate it more or what's going on now but like there's a difference and like we've been looking into like his issues over the course of a while now to try to really determine like what is causing him like like on and off soreness because there's clearly something there um and he's been telling us that despite the lack of clinical findings um so now it's really annoying because like the forms of diagnostics that I do have are very very expensive um like MRIing the foot is like $3,200 just for the foot and then I don't know how much the arthroscopy I mean I know how much the arthroscopy of the stifle is my vet said probably around 3500 that we have to wait for the actual quote and then he might it might cost more than that because there might be like additional surgery that they need to do while they're in there depending on what the issue is um and then I don't know what MRI for the stifle would be and I don't know if that's the better option in terms of like what the actual course of action would be to address what's going on in there um so I'm waiting to hear back on that but MRI is also very expensive as I'm sure you can guess by the cost of it for the foot so it's frustrating because we've done so much to try to ensure that he's comfortable and help with his long-term comfort and like really address like his overall health um but we're coming up like empty-handed with a lot of things because the other thing was like his weight like he's not eating much food at all like he does get free choice hay but they all have slow feeders and like since he had ulcers I do want him to have free access to forage so that we don't have a recurring issue with the ulcers so I don't really want to fast him for extended periods of time or at least I didn't especially since we were hoping to bring him back into more exercise which would help him lose weight anyways he already had an IR blood test to see if he was insulin resistant and 
he nothing was out of the ordinary and we're doing another one now and we're doing a like a, a more in-depth blood test for other issues as well to see his like general health and see if there's something else going on because he's not eating much at all like he gets his supplements and he gets like his hay which is like a really not high quality not high sugar like just local grass hay here so it's all low sugar and then he's obviously not on any grain um and like he doesn't have access to grass much either um and he's just like really heavy and like he he did become an easier keeper once he stopped growing and like his like metabolism kind of leveled out but he's never been like this and i think part of his weight issue must be the fact that he's been uncomfortable and not wanting to move around as much um because i do think that contributes to it for sure because he's never struggled with weight to this degree and now he's fat and needs to lose weight but like he's too sore to work right now and we have no idea why he's sore um so I'm still waiting back for like the results of the blood test now but yeah it's frustrating because like his blood test his x-rays his ultrasounds like all of that stuff has come back normal consistently and like the only thing we have found is the extra fluid around the meniscus that's like the only lead that we have and it's very frustrating because I've been looking so hard and I want to make sure that he's comfortable because like even if he's standing funny and doing stuff like he didn't he'd, he'd pull away his right hind foot more from the farrier um, and didn't want to stand on it as much especially like when his right front was up too he'd want to like shift his weight and adjust more and like he's not a bad boy he's really good for the farrier but he'd have to take the foot away because he was uncomfortable and at that point like when this first started there was nothing coming up on the soundness exams and he passed a soundness exam, especially after like the rehab stuff and after the pro stride initially. Um, but he was still having these issues and I was like, okay, like why? Like there's clearly a reason because like he's not just doing it to be bad obviously. And it's not that he's scared. Like he looks like uncomfortable. Like he looks like he needs to like readjust his weight and, um, sort himself out. And so now I really want to find out what's going on because like he's not, comfortable and I want him to be happy and I want him to be able to just like exist happily and like be able to address his weight in an easier way and start exercising him and at least just have an answer because nothing makes sense right now and with the amount of diagnostics that we've done like honestly with the vast majority of horses that I've x-rayed and like vet checks I've been present for like most horses have something that you can find as a clinical finding on their x-rays um, especially when they're having lameness. And in a lot of cases, you'll find clinical findings of fairly significant things on horses who are sound as well. So the fact that we've x-rayed him as much as we have and in so many different areas and he's been clean, clean, clean with like no signs of like anything going on is super frustrating because he's like not his behavior and like his comfort right now is not showing us that there's no cl clinical findings. Um, and now, like, it's, like, we've probably sunk, like, thousands and thousands of dollars into uh, treating, like, the ulcers and then these subsequent issues that have kind of been going on on and off over the last couple of years. Um, we've, like, funneled thousands and thousands of dollars into the care for that. And now it's, like, we have to, now it's, like, I need, like, six to $8,000 more, poss possibly more than that to continue helping him. And unfortunately... Um, both his right stifle and the right front aren't covered by his insurance anymore. Um, and especially after like the ulcers. So really the only thing his insurance covers at this point is if he needs colic surgery, which is the main reason I have it. So it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, it's a huge expense and I'm just frustrated because I want to help him. And at this point we really don't have any answers, um, which is incredibly frustrating. So 
Um, like, yeah, like, I guess the point in talking about this is just to kind of give people a more in-depth update than I could have done on either of my posts. And also just say, like, for anyone who, if you've been considering subscribing to my Patreon ever, I would so appreciate if you'd consider it now or if you've considered buying from my store ever, like the shop milestoneequestrian.com or my product line on amoreequestrian.ca. If you've considered it and you're able to, please check out my products because a lot of my regular income is currently in product sales right now because I have to do a huge financial output to order in product quantity. Um, so I really need to move products so that I can get this done because I want to get them in as soon as possible so we can get to the bottom of what's going on because I feel like I owe it to him and like there's clearly something there despite the fact that we're not seeing it and I don't want to just start injecting him willy-nilly with corticosteroids and I don't want to just keep doing pro stride if it's only going to help temporarily and if we don't know what the actual underlying issue is so I need to get to the bottom of this so like I'm going to find a way to make it happen regardless but yeah if anyone wants to consider uh, shopping any of my product lines or um, like yeah checking out and subscribing to my patreon or if you check out my yeah amoreequestrian.ca a-m-o-r-e equestrian.ca slash pages slash milestone or you can just go to amoreequestrian.ca and just click on the milestone tab and I have a bunch of products in there and yeah the more products I move the more freedom it gives me to kind of continue pursuing this as fast as possible with that said like he's not like it's not like he's incredibly like distressed it's not like he has like a broken leg and he can't exist comfortably it's not emergent we just want to get it seen and get on like the right track of what this is as quickly as we can and also because I have really bad anxiety and I'm just paranoid about it being something really terrible that he won't be able to recover from so for my own mental and emotional health I want to get it dealt with as soon as possible because otherwise I'm just going to continue stressing about it like I was crying all day on the day that we didn't find anything because like I wanted to find something because there's clearly something there like I wanted an answer and that sounds weird because I know a lot of people don't want to find things on their horses x-rays or ultrasounds but I wanted an answer and when I didn't get one it was devastating and just the thought of doing like an MRI and being terrified of something terrible coming up that he can't recover from or same with the surgery because like an arthroscopy he has to get put under for and I'm really worried about him waking up because there's some complications with George when he did and yeah it's just a really scary thought and he's a more nervous horse so it's something that is going to be really hard to deal with so I want to have like a plan and like prepare myself for it and get it done so that we can figure out what's going on and hopefully get him helped ASAP because yeah there's there's something that is amiss and we can't find it in regular imaging of course so I have to spend lots and lots of money to help my special boy so if anyone is interested in helping I highly recommend checking out my product sales or I also do have a PayPal link that I'll link in the description of this podcast it's just paypal.me slash milestone equestrian um, and if anyone wants to donate a little something, like I, like, you no, no pressure at all, like check out my products if you want to have like a, a nice order of like a cool product, or if you can't help, like just your well wishes to Milo and prayers that this is going to be, um, something that is, we can address and something that we can help him out with and that we actually get an answer because, uh, it's, it's really frustrating to not have one. So, 
um, no worries to anyone. If you can't help, like I'm not like I'm, it, we're going to make it happen. Like I'm going to help him regardless. Like it's my job. Like I have to, he's my guy. He's the reason why my business is what it is and why I've learned what I have. So I owe it to him immensely. Um, so it's going to happen, but it is expensive, especially following Harlow's colic scare. Cause that was like $3,000 worth of medical bills, which was a lot. Um, I'm waiting to see if her insurance will cover that. Hopefully it will, but her insurance doesn't cover the whole thing. So I'll still have to pay for it. Um, and Milo's bills for like the MRI and the, uh, arthroscopy that I mentioned do not count any of his diagnostics that he just had, which is easily probably 1500 to 2000. Oh my God. And diagnostics that we just did. So things are stacking up and it's really crappy. And like this, like this is not me asking for handouts because I can't care for my horse. Cause like he's getting cared for regardless. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to help, those are the avenues that you can do that at. And, um, even just sharing my stuff and like sharing like some of the YouTube videos or sharing like the pages for like my stores and stuff that's super helpful or like yeah any of that stuff like it just helps me move product and helps me generate more revenue so that we can help him without me hurting myself as much and having it be like as much of a physical burden and like mental and financial burden um yeah, so that's how you can do it. And then if anyone is interested in the PayPal, I will link it. And honestly, like anything helps. And I do want to give back to the community as soon as I'm able to. Like I have plans to like increase my sponsor program um, for my store and start doing like more stuff like that and like charity work and um, sponsorships for like shows and whatnot. But right now I can't afford to with like what this is going to cost. So I hope people can understand that like I do I do intend to give back and um, give back to the community and help people more. But right now I need to help myself and my sweet boy first. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on. That's the update. Um, yeah, if anyone's interested, I'll leave the links in the description of this podcast, or you can also find the links in the link in my bio on Instagram or TikTok. Um, there's links to all of that stuff there, including like the store, PayPal, everything, um, and YouTube channel as well. So yeah, if you check that out, that'd be a huge help. Or if you share any of the pages, a huge help. And I really appreciate it. And also just keep Milo in your thoughts and I'll update people as soon as I can. Cause like, I am literally like biting my nails and grinding my teeth and just like, like I, I need, I need answers because this is like insane. Um, I've never had a horse ever that I've like x-rayed this many parts of that has x-rayed as clean as Milo has ever. Um, so the fact that we haven't found anything is incredibly frustrating. So I'm really hoping that we can address what's going on and like deal with it once for once and for all, um, and help him out. And this isn't about having him be like my riding horse. It's just about having him be able to like enjoy his life and live life to the fullest and us being able to make him less fat for his own physical well-being and mental well-being because like I know a lot of people would look at him and be like oh is he like laminitic or is he foundering and it's like we thought the same thing man and we've looked and there's no evidence of such but I'm worried that it could be a very real issue despite the lack of evidence leading to believe that so I'm wanting to preemptively get him less fat ASAP because also just for his overall soundness on the stifle and whatnot it's probably better to be less heavy but yeah I literally don't know what to do 
to help facilitate that in a way that is kind and fair to him at this point. So if anyone has any good stretches or exercises and stuff that you think would be good for that, that would be useful that don't involve him having to exert himself in a way that causes him discomfort. I'm all ears. Like right now I have the clear to hand walk him in soft footing just to help get him moving because he does need to lose weight and I have been like fasting him and just feeding him hay mixed with straw by himself for several hours a day which I feel like a super dick doing because he hates it and he's sad and he doesn't like being away from his buddies um but I have to and we're just not fasting him for long enough that it'll cause an issue with his ulcers because he's just eating like the goal is just to have him consume less over a period of time and then I still put him back out with his buddies for at least half of the day because like I can't like I can't just completely separate him I feel like such a jerk especially since he's already sad so um yeah and they're not eating like high fat hay or anything like that don't worry like we're they, they're eating like Jenny Craig hay and yeah so if anyone has any ideas for like exercises and stuff we can do to help my dude out and that might help burn fat quicker um hit me up, uh, send, send them my way. Um, and yeah, if anyone is interested in helping, please check out the links in my description of this podcast or on my Instagram, um, or TikTok, uh, bio links. And yeah, I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll do another podcast updating once we have more, um, info and yeah, like just keep him in your thoughts. Cause especially if he has to get put under, like I, like it worries me sick. Like I'm going to be a mess until like, we know that this is going to be safe and okay for him. Um, so yeah, anyways, thank you everyone for listening. Um, that was my rant for the day on bodily autonomy. Um, and also just, yeah, a sad little update. Cause I was hoping like for his 10th year, we could do cool things and that he'd be happy and comfortable, but like, it's not going that way. And like, so now his 10th year is just going to be about funneling as much money as I can into making him feel his best, um, and dealing with whatever this issue is, because it's something that seems to have been bothering him on and off for quite some time now. So it's time to address it. So anyways, um, yeah, I'll keep everyone posted and yeah, share my stuff, share this podcast, share your thoughts. And I really appreciate everyone who listens to and supports my stuff because like support just by watching and listening and sharing my links is so amazing and um I'm really thankful for everyone who does that for me so have a great day everyone and yeah I hope everyone has a nice weekend and that um you're all doing well and hopefully you're having better luck with your horse's health than I have been and if you're not I am very sorry and I definitely resonate with you um And one little thing that I have told myself that I want to tell anyone who has problem horses before I go, if you have horses who seem to have more health issues or more injuries or more things that you're looking into and trying to get to the bottom of, just consider the fact that the reason for that might be the fact that like where you draw the line for like their soundness and happiness is a lot, uh, like you, you demand a lot more in terms of care for them than other horse people might because with Milo, for example, I could have just injected him with corticosteroids and it probably would have made him sound temporarily, but it wouldn't have addressed what's going on and we don't know what's going on. Um, so with how far I'm looking into this, he might look like the incredible problem horse, but really I've realized it. a lot of this is just worrying about him and advocating for him for like a 
consistent period of time and like same with other horses as well so um if you're ever feeling like you're just cursed just consider that that like maybe you're just listening to them more and looking out for them more but also yeah maybe they're more accident prone because i've noticed that geldings in particular seem to just love injuring themselves um anyways that's completely anecdotal about the geldings but yeah consider that and don't beat yourself up and yeah well wishes to your horses if they're also having their struggles because yeah horses are the best and worst thing sometimes so i get you if you're in the same boat as me anyways have a good day and thank you for listening to the making milestones podcast thanks everyone